past the heather and down to the old road Start turning the grain into the ground Rolling a new leaf over In the middle of the night there's an old man Shredding around in the gathering rain hey, Mister, if you're gonna walk on water Oh, could you drop a line my way Oh, somewhere in middle America You're right to the heart of matters It's a heart that matters more Think you better turn your ticket in Get your money back at the door December 21st, 2005, Mepreport Podcast. So we'd like to welcome you guys here. Um, you'll know, and, and we're just going to do a roll call here to see all the people that are here. Uh, I'm Greg, I'm here. I'm Russ, I'm here. I'm Jim, I'm here. No, Jim doesn't <laughs> exist. Jim doesn't exist. And neither do our two companions, because both of them are not here, Russ. Uh, Story has the flu. WTF. Yeah, he has the flu, and Andy apparently is just exhausted because that's what lawyers are, is exhausted all the time. So it's just the two of us, and um, so we're going to be uh, putting putting it together here, hanging the ship, or, you know, holding the ship. And you know what this means, Greg? What does it mean? This means we have a guaranteed audience double the size of last week. <laughs> I know, that's true. We now have two. Hey, Russ, using my math analysis, one plus two... Two plus four. At this rate, within thirty days, doesn't this mean we should have like one hundred and fifty thousand listeners or something like that? Isn't that what that penny yes. thing? You double the That's penny. That's the you know? story theory of how much money Google Ads will pay him for his website. He's like, well, on Thursday they paid me six cents, but on Friday I made twelve cents. So clearly, in a month, I will have sixteen million dollars. That's what actually worked. The reason he's not because here is he's installing his helipad or whatever to, to get him from place to place. Right. Yeah. Bastard. So no, it's, to, a, uh, it's a lonely Mepcast. It's a, a lonely Mepcast, but Russ and I will, uh, will attempt to hold the fort the best we can. Um, and uh, I should start by saying, we should start by doing a little bit of uh, meta, or MEPA, if you will, business, by thanking a couple of uh, group of people. We want to thank you guys for checking us out at themepreport.com, because Russ, Oh, Greg, would, would you mind if I, if I covered this? No, I was just gonna leave. I was gonna segue it over to you. I was just gonna say, apparently oh. we're some where we have some big announcements, <laughs> and so here's Russ for that. And so the announcement is. All right, this is a new and perhaps a one-time only installment of the Mep Report. I'm gonna call it Mep Accolades or Mepalades. <laughs> Here we go. Mep. The Mepalades for December twenty-first, two thousand five. We have two tonight. First of all, Dr. Gregory Wilson, your fellow Mepcaster, one of the dynamic duo of tonight, has recently landed a job as a theater reviewer for CurtainUp.com. Congratulations. Here's your medal, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Our second oh. Mepalade of the night is that the Mep Report was named Podcast of the Week by Podfly.com. We're very happy and honored to hear that. And I think I'm going to stop this music now and go... <laughs> That's tremendous. You guys should... I don't know what Rebel that was, but, uh, <laughs> <Awesome>. yeah. <laughs> the Rebel Alliance pumping us up as we were walking up to get our medal set. 
that was very dramatic. I'd like to thank my parents, everyone who made this possible. Um, yeah, yeah. That was exciting. Cool. I even feathered my hair 70s style just for that little clip. Yeah, just for effect. It's all method so, acting. Nobody can see it, but it's fine. But it's true, huh? Podfly.com has this as the podcast of the week. Yes, it's true. I don't know how many weeks there have been podcasts of the week. <laughs> I don't know how special it is. But however a special it is, we are that level of special, and that's important. Right. It didn't say podcast of the week so far this week, did it? Like, in this week, mo- by Monday? You know? <laughs> I declare on Monday afternoon, this is the best podcast I have seen that has been emailed to me specifically so far today. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, well, so we want to thank everyone out there who helped us become the podcast of the week. And um, apparently there's other things that we need people to do too, right, Russ? Isn't there some place they need to vote or they need to send money yes. to or something um, like that? So get this. Apparently there's like this whole community of podcasters. We're not the only podcast. And they actually have like what? ways that they can be rated and ranked. And they're, they're like hundreds, maybe even dozens of them. Maybe even <laughs> as many as I can count on one hand of these there's podcasts. Ten, ten I thought podcasts. it was a brand new thing. <laughs> Ten. We can one. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, two podcast. Um. So apparently, according to some of these people who have, you know, been in this community longer than we have, podcastalley.com is sort of the site where it's at, where you find out how cool your podcast is, because people go there and they vote for what podcast they like the best. And it's a very democratic medium. medium. So, yeah, so go there and do that. How about that? Wow. So what we need people to do then is go to podcastalley.com and find the MEP Report. We, we're pretty sure we're the only MEP Report podcast on the Internet. We're fairly fairly certain that that's the case. Uh, we're, we don't think you're going to have a double yeah. problem of like, yeah. There's no other map report that we know of. So you guys can go there and vote for us. And the only reason that that's good, besides the fact that it makes us feel cool, is that it will um, bring all of us, our listening audience, even greater to fame and fortune. So the, we, we look at it as the more you bring us to fame and fortune, the more we help you come to fame and fortune, um, sort of by extension. So this is really a vote for you. Yes. That's the way we look at it. Podcast of the people. We're all very Marxist. We believe in sharing everything even revenue that doesn't exist. But if it does, then it's yours, I promise. Exactly. If we this ever is get a totally binding contractual obligation. <laughs> I know. I'm signing right now. If we ever get money, it goes to guy who's listening, who I don't know the name of. Right, okay. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of, of legal obligations that may or may not be a good idea, I'd like to thank George Lucas for lending us his copyright on that uh, theme song to Mep- Mepalades earlier. I really appreciate it. Oh, I thought you composed that. Whether he did it willingly or not, that's fine. It's really disappointing. What's that? I thought that was, I thought that was all you, I man. did. I thought that was My your music. Middle name is John Williams. I'm Russ John Williams Gooberman. <laughs> that's very impressive. Uh, that's cool. Well, yeah. So, there are a lot of things going on uh, in the podcast, pod fly, pod, pod power. It really, it is bizarre that there's this oh, so pod, podcast sites like podcast, there's a podcast pickle, a podcast tower. Like, clearly, eventually, people are just going to completely run out and they'll be like... Podcast Heartworm Pill, Podcast Tape Player dot org dot biz dot Yeah, as I was uh, explaining to Greg before, I nearly broke my fingers trying to register the MEP report to all of these different podcast directories because I don't know, I didn't know which one was the right one or one was better than the other. So I, I actually was reading a list that, uh, like the Micro Machines announcer. Remember that guy? <laughs> I love cool. that guy. 
I wonder if he has a podcast. Yeah, he's cool. That would rock. Here's sites that the map report have been registered to. Podblaze.com, youplayvideo.com, podcast.net, podcastnews.com, podnova.com, podcastalley.com, podcastdirectory.com, podtower.com, podcastworld.com, podfeed.net, podfeeder.com, allpodcast.com, podcast411.com, podcastpickle.com, lumia.com, yahoo.com, syndicate.apr.com, podcastzoom.com, blogdex.net, blogcastlog.com, feedchart.com, feedcat.net, fibersearch.com, oddpotter.x, boingboing.net, rss.com, dmos.com, podpost.com, feedmutter.com, webago.com, daypop.com, postlivy.com, popstop.com, webblog.com, newsfire.com, feed24.com, icerocket.com, feedfire.com, everyfeed.com, directory.com newsfree.com blogtree.com blogtree.com and I can't do it Sorry, were you just making up words at the end blingblot.com zingamzap.com thegrinch.com whoville.com you would think greenexandham.com yeah. at one time in my life I, I guess I've just been outed as a, uh, a former policy debater because I'm able to do that so if you know what I'm talking about right right then uh, it's somewhat embarrassing that's right not that policy debaters are ever known yeah. for being able to speak faster than other people that doesn't really ever happen no, not no, at all. No. Um, so, so speaking of MEP, I was actually Googling our website, okay. and I came across this weird little cartoon called the, uh, what the heck was it called? It was like the Thursday morning coffee show thing. Something of that sort. I love that. And let's see, My what was it? Cartoon, the Thursday T- thing It's show. the TMCS. Because there's a character on the TMC, I think it's like the Tuesday morning coffee show, that's called Mep. He's like a little piggy, a little cartoon piggy, and his name is Mep. And I was very excited about that. And so I emailed him and uh, told him that we actually, you know, have the Mep report and that he should say hi because he has a Mep and we have a Mep. And it was sort of uh, maybe a little bit of a reach, but he emailed back. It was very polite. He was like, yeah, good, and you have a website. I'll check it out. And, and, and you went on to say, and we have the copyright of MEP, um, and so please stop using yeah. the name of MEP. See, that was sort of, <laughs> yeah, the undertone of the conversation to be like, hey, guy, we're actually the MEPReport.com, so get off our case, all right? You can't name <laughs> your guy's MEP. Your guy's name is Meep from now on. It's Meep. <laughs> now shut up. You have no rights to MEP, you bastard. Who names a pig, who names a pig MEP? Like, explain that to me. Who names a, mip, a pig MEP? You could you could name him Pork. Yeah, emus make sense. Campbell, Pigs, I don't understand. Wilbur, uh, why would you name a map? I, I don't. I you know, on top of everything it's else, it's much more intuitive yeah. to be an emu. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. So. So yeah. w- we have legal action pending as he tries to establish the the map mapreport dot com. That would be right. a bad thing for us, I think. And you know why? We have a lawyer on staff. We have a lawyer on staff. The mapreport. It's true. We do. So if you don't want to mess with Aaron Fox, you don't want the heavy hammer of the law to come down on your little pig called Map. You better, uh, I'll, I'll see you, pretty, and your little pig Map too. Um, you better make sure that you back because off. we will totally sick our human rights defense lawyer on you, and whatever oh, yeah. it's possible that he could do in this field of intellectual property rights, which is I'm sure not so much, he will do it. It's true. He will defend you from Guantanamo Bay all day long, other guy at TMGSFLT. Watch out. LOL. Well, he could He'll do protect things, you from too. the Patriot Act incursions. He represents minor league sports teams, so he could do that, too. He could, like, keep your... He does? Remember having it's a minor league cool. sports team. Oh, yeah, he does something with, like, the New York Why the hell Islanders doesn't he ever talk about that? He's not allowed to. Is he, like, he not allowed to, to talk about anything that he works on? Sure, he just oh. talks to me, and then I bring them up. I mean, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, uh, he has some. <laughs> but there's just, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just being hypothetical. Let's say we had a friend called Andy who worked at a law firm called Aaron Fox. In those situations, 
Um, but yeah, he's done some work with the uh, Islanders minor league affiliate, I think, and he's done some other stuff like that. And his, you know, his legal firm is the main counsel for the Washington Wizards and a couple of other ones too, I think. The New Jersey. What? Man. Yeah, they're the main That's counsel, man. Freaking cool. Yeah. Freaking Gilbert Arenas should be a guest star in the Met Report. Somebody's slacking over there at Aaron Fox. But they haven't picked up on this and realized how good it's going to be for business in general to have a MEPcast that, you know, daily just talks about everything that goes on, the day-to-day operations of their law firm, things that they would normally keep confidential or whatever. Right. And uh, they just haven't realized the benefits yet. They're going to well, come aboard. It'll be just a matter of time before everyone's a mepper. Absolutely. I can think of so many possibilities for that. Can you imagine someone being like, well, what we think we need to do is set it up so that you know, they can say, well... We- Basically, we understand the settlement you're trying to give us to, but it's like this. If you don't basically come to terms with this right now, we're going to leak details of your case to the MEP report. And after that, it will be all over the Internet. So if you have any sense of privacy, you had better settle with us right now. Like, we could be the final countdown, the final frontier, if you will, of law. The MEP report. The final frontier. I think that we are already that. Whatever that is that you said, that's what we are. (laughs) I totally agree. I'm on board. I don't have a full understanding of what you said, but I really like it. I don't really know what I said either. Sometimes I'll say something like that to Clea, and she'll be like, what about this? I'll say, well, blah, blah, blah. And then she'll say, wait, what did you say? I'll be like, I can't recapture that moment. I was just off the cuff. I don't know what I said. Something about gas stoves and hippopotamuses. I don't know. Something like that. That's what we have podcasts for, so we can recapture things that can never be repeated. Right, exactly. Uh, Speaking of that, I was looking at, I don't know if you've been following this at all, but it reminded me when you were talking about the Patriot Act. Um, So I don't know if you heard that the the people in the Senate were trying to get this thing passed, um, they were trying to get the Arctic Refuge oil drilling thing passed as part of the defense bill, which was really clever. You know, they're like, oh, Oh, this is... yeah. This is an old trick. Yeah. They were just like, if you want to... No, back when I was an enviro. Yeah. Back, they were just, I mean, I think about 15 years ago, they figured out that they could never submit a bill that just said, we would like to drill in the Arctic wildlife because the enviros and, you know, their supporters and the congressmen who were sen- um, sentimental for that those causes would be like, no, we have an Arctic National Wildlife Preserve so that we can't do things like develop it. There are lots of things that we could develop, but we can't ever undevelop something and thus lose it forever, which is why we don't do that to the Arctic National Wildlife Preserve. And so they're like, fine, here's a bill that says babies are cute, and we should drill the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then if it's like, then I, don't, I can't stand the fact that my colleagues would vote against babies being cute. What, what kind of people would say exactly. babies are not cute? And they would do, they would have like, you know, a 500-page budget authorization bill, and they'll be like, page 9,865,000, and drill in the Arctic Wildlife Refuge, please. <laughs> and then, you know, the frickin' poor, poor perg people, this is all on the perg people and the NRDC people, they have to sit there and read through all this crap and be like, ah, they're trying to destroy our lives in this one sentence and 8,000 pages of text. Exactly. And then they have to bring it up and call the congressperson and be like, dude, did you read this? And the guy's like, no, I don't read any bills, I'm a congressperson. <laughs> and then the whole thing starts up, but... This is like the it's basically what goes on every time they try to do this. This is like the perverted version of Schoolhouse Rock. Like, you know, this is... I'm just a Bill Cosby <laughs> with Capitol Hill. You know, this is like Russ's Mr. Cynical Bill version, you know? Um, yeah, and that's, that's totally. That's actually happening. But anyway, so they tried to pass yeah. this part of this defense bill. And uh, so it failed, which is great. 
Um, it was uh, they, they got filibustered to death, or something happened. But this is the part that I was looking at, and I, I could not believe that this had actually been said. They were voting for it, and I hope I can find this thing. Um, it was Domenici. Uh, oh God, now I can't find what he said. Oh yes, there it is. So Domenici, Domenici is part of that rich family in Italy in the 14th century. Right, right, right. Um, uh, what was that? Domenici. I learned that. A senator, I believe, from... I think it's a senator from New Mexico, actually, so Story has something to answer for if he wasn't sick with the flu. Um, but Pete Domenici said... Some, one should, of us should play the part of Story and Andy every now and again. We should just chime in and be like, Oh, New Mexico, I like that. <laughs> I'm Story. Like, I like law. Law is, law is fun. That's a good thing. Okay, good. <laughs> um, okay, from now on, Andy and Story are both that character, and they will chime in as such. Okay, good. Carry on. No. So, uh, so uh, Domenici said... That it, the environmentalists who said that there was going to be a big impact on drilling in the Arctic uh, Wildlife Refuge were really overstating the case because the uh, technology has gotten to such an extent that you can barely see what happens. Domenici actually said, all of these drilling platforms look like little outhouses. Like, really, you can barely see them there. I'm not making this up. He actually called them <laughs> little outhouses. Yeah. Little they outhouses. are. Houses. They're little... Little crap boxes where we shit on the environment. Exactly. They're little environmental degradation structures. That's all they are, really. I mean, it's like these missile silos. They're just. I mean, why should they look like destroying like the underground? Silos, you know, drilling, tapping into underground waterways and fissures in the rock. That will have nothing to do with the environment or impact anything. Just like taking a crap outside doesn't impact. It's just the same thing. It's like an outhouse, like human garbage landfills. They don't affect anything, right? You can throw away styrofoam all day. Have you seen the earth turn to shit? Is the end of the world come yet? No. What are you complaining about, stupid environmentalists? I mean, look, even... Yeah, I'm from New Mexico, and I agree with that statement. <laughs> I'm Story Clayton. <laughs> good job, Story. I approve that as your lawyer. I'm Andy. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks, Andy and Story. I appreciate the vote of confidence. But, it's all right. so good that they were able to be here in spirit, um, you know, and communicate with us in this way. It was really They're here, dude. Why aren't you talking about they're right here? Yeah, I'm right here. I love New Mexico and pirates. What are you talking love, about? I'm a big fan of law. Um, that's what I like is law and Latin. Latin and law. Oh, yeah, so he is here. Okay, that's. I like Latin and law, but I can't say anything specifically about either one because <laughs> I have a non-disclosure agreement with my Latin professor from college also. <laughs> my rules. He's so like, anyway. well, I'm a lawyer, and I'm also part of the Illuminati, so I have a non-disclosure agreement in ancient languages. <laughs> and now I have to kill you for telling you that. Wait a minute! Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. So, yeah, it. so it's, it's good news that there's no drilling in the Arctic Refuge, but I just thought the outhouse comment was, uh, was precious. Uh, Senate has also passed a Patriot Act extension, Did which is, um, which I find, which is yes. good news um, for people who believe uh, this, this is the way that things went, and I thought it was very funny. So they said, the Patriot Act is critical to fighting terrorists. This is what the supporters of the bill said. People who were against it said, no, it's a disaster and it's terrible towards civil liberties, which is, by the way, true. But we'll go back to what the supporters said. They said that the Patriot Act was a great idea and that we couldn't get rid of it. Then these people said, well, look, why don't we just, the opponents said, why don't we just extend it for, you know, three months or six months or something, and in the meantime, we'll negotiate, like, how to make it better. And they were like, no, 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 it's either all or nothing. So basically what they said, as I understand it, is this thing, which is critical to fight terrorists, it's better to let it lapse so that we win the public relations war than to actually pass an extension of it. It's so critical that we can't let it be extended. 
we have to just pass it. Did I exactly. miss something here? Did there's did I miss something? Yeah, you missed the Bush administration grandstanding and being like, "Look at me, look at me, I'm protecting you from death and terrorists." Yep. Meanwhile, right. other member says, "But, but I love the Patriot Act because I hate freedom. I'm Story Clayton." <laughs> <laughs> and I lo- I'm glad you don't like freedom. I support you in that. I'm Andy, and I like law. In Latin, I would. Oh say, God, this is so much easier Latin. when I pretend. To be other podcasters, I love it. This is it. From now on, I'm just going to be Story and Andy's avatar. I'm not even going to speak for myself. Shut up. That's legally unsound, Story. Blah, blah, blah. Freedom is bad. It's for suckers. Patriot Act is going to keep us safe from all the pirates. Ha ha. I can't wait to nice. Story and Andy hear this. This is my job. Like, this is what you think we do? Like, we're defined by this? <laughs> uh, sort of. We're simplifying it a little bit, but it's more or less that. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, baby, I'm just tailoring the show to our audience. This is who's listening to us, and so <laughs> this is exactly. who we get to impersonate. That's who we get to impersonate, yeah, seriously. <laughs> to take it back to that serious point that you made about the Bush administration, here's yeah, my question. Was, yeah. Because you know that they just they just had this whole scandal about the uh, domestic wiretapping that had no authorization, other than President Bush saying, I say it's okay, and I know lots of stuff about wiretapping, so it's cool. Right. Here's the problem with this. Other than the, you know, 8 billion obvious problems with this that I don't need to go into, somebody brought this up on, like, the VN message boards. I'm almost embarrassed to say that I'm getting this from, like, the Dark Age message board debate. But it was a really good point, and I think that I should echo it. Okay. (laughs) Which is, these are the guys, the neocons, who have said over and over and over again when they were um, nominating a Supreme Court justice that they want super conservative interpretation of the law. They do not want you to interpret the law in your own favor. They do not want you to go and take things that have never been done with the law and do them, right? That's what they've said they want in a Supreme Court justice. We don't want an activist judge. No activist judges. So then, when it comes down to executive power and what they can do with their own power, they're like, well, you see, you passed this bill which said that you didn't like what happened on 9-11, so that means that I'm allowed to pass this law that says everyone has to wear an anal probe so that the government can track their identity all the time and make sure they're not affiliating with terrorists. It's totally fine, and you totally gave me that power when you extrapolated this other thing that had nothing to do with it. Right. So that's what I have to say about that. I, hypocrites, man. I just want to make this... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think, I, I don't think you're, you're getting the point, which is... You only want to worry about judges that interpret the law their own way, people who interpret the Constitution their own way, when they're not interpreting the law that you want them to interpret in the way you want them to interpret it. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. That, that's when it's a problem. So I think you're missing the point there. Like it's not that you want to be consistent. Oh, yeah. It's that you want to preserve the Constitution. I mean, this is the same thing with things related to abortion, right? Like they'll, th- these people will say that we're entirely against the government getting involved in people's lives, except when it comes to the right to have an abortion and the right to die. At which case, we're all over up in the grill. Which is more or less what happened with Terry Schiavo. Yep. We care about people's right to do what they want, except yep. when we don't, which is any time that it really matters. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. I mean, Just in case there's anyone else who doesn't believe that this is true, another example of this is the Republicans used to be known for being big Federalists, which means that they would be huge on states' rights. Right. And they would say that the states' rights to, you know, govern various things should trump the federal uh, responsibility to do that. Right. And now the reason that they did this was because for 30 years they did not have any federal power since the Democrats controlled both houses. So now, lo and behold, now that they do have power and 
you know, states' rights, people are saying, well, shouldn't we have funding for national security and shouldn't we have the right to do these and this such things? Now the Republicans are saying, well, no, the national government knows what's best for you. Why should you have the power to do that? Blah, 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 blah. Because we have the power on this level now, so we don't need to assert the power on this other level anymore. Because yep. we're all bullshit. Yep. And that's the moral of the story, is that it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I don't agree. I hate freedom, and people who like freedom are bad, and therefore terrorists. I'm Story Clayton. I couldn't agree with you more, Story, and as somebody, I'd like to say Leviticus, Lodicus, Laticus, which is another way of saying law is good and government is bad. (laughs) I'm Andy. (laughs) That was awesome, because that was like a Bible reference and Latin at the same time. I know. You, like, got a double shot of Andy. With, <laughs> like, with no respect whatsoever Leviticus Biblionicus Chronicles. Yeah. No respect whatsoever <laughs> for excellent. normal boundaries that exist between them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a little. Uh, oh, can I tell you about my uh, my weekend trip to the uh, Hustler Casino? Oh yeah, since tell there's me about no, this. we don't need segues anymore. Okay, so my friends who were relatively new to LA, one of them was from Seattle, the other one they just moved here from Seattle, and uh, they wanted to see the Hustler Casino, which is, you know, owned by. Uh, Porno magnate Larry Flint. That's disgusting. And so, and you told I was him, like, "No, I will never yeah. go to such a place." Right? Yeah, I, I was like, "This, this could be very interesting." And I just to <laughs> picture in my mind what I would imagine the Hustler Casino to be, uh, based on my knowledge of the movie The People vs. Larry Flint, which I'm sorry to say is my only knowledge of the Hustler magazine. <laughs> as much as I would love to have a collection, I do not. Right. <laughs> Not that um, we, not what we advocate. I was like, okay, that will not get the MEP seal of approval. No, not so much. No, no links to a hustler whatever dot com right, on, right. The, on the MEP report. Right. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, so it's going to be some kind of crazy uh, fear and loathing mm. in Las Vegas rendition of Circus Circus, <laughs> where you go in. There's like naked stripper gambling games, and like severed women's body parts and meat grinder oh. artwork on the wall. Oh, right, right. And like, no, this is like what Hustler magazine right, is know, like, no, as right. far as I know from right. the movie. The right, right, exactly. So you would expect to see Woody Harrelson like, there and Courtney Love, right? They would also be there. Yeah. Okay. And just like ungodly amounts of debauchery and nakedness and like gambling thrown in somehow. Like, right. how many strippers can I throw up in the air at once and keep juggling <laughs> for $50 at a time? I don't know. Like, really. It's like, like Cirque du Soleil, but, seen... with, but with no taste. It's Cirque du Soleil and add in lots of taste, exactly. no taste. But like, well. way worse. Right, okay. And no Euro music with weird techno stuff. Right. Um, stuff have you seen more. the movie uh, Vegas... National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation? Uh, no. My last casino movie was, like, Casino or something. <laughs> I think it was actually Okay, that was, like, an actual casino movie. Yeah. This is the stupid, one of the older Chevy Chase National Lampoon movies where he takes the family to Vegas. Okay. And there's one point in the movie where he, he and Randy Quaid go to this, like, really crappy, just outside of Las Vegas casino, and they have games like Pick a Number Between 1 and 10 and War... And, like, flip a coin and you pick heads or tails. <laughs> like, that's what I thought the Hustler Casino would be like. It would just be, like, just barely enough gambling to be able to call it a casino while being, like, naked women flying all over the, the place. How about, like, flipping okay. a woman and seeing which so, one you landed? I would think that would be the best combination for exactly. a casino. Right, okay. That, that's 
pretty much the picture I had in my head. That, that's you, exactly I wanna, it. I just want to yeah. interrupt you for a minute and say that you, that's what you assumed, and yet you still were going. Is that is that what I – that you assumed this and wanted to go? I've got a lot of time on my hands, Greg. What do you want me to say? You know? I, <laughs> I work 20 hours a week. I do the podcast. Please, I don't do improv God. comedy classes anymore, and we all know why that is. You know why that is. Please reference our last eight shows in a row. Please, everybody, go vote for us right yes. now so Russ doesn't have to go to the Hustler Casino anymore. <laughs> if only you have a, there's a reason for Russ to spend more time working on the MEP report, he will not have to go to the, the Sodom and Gomorrah Casino. Oh, jeez. Okay, all right. Okay. So you go there, right? So I'm like, all right, let's do it. This is going to be great. Friday night, all right? And we planned to spend, like, most of the day there. We we gave ourselves, like, 3 o'clock p.m. through whenever. And we drive down to Gardenia, where this thing is located. Okay. Which is just, like, a, a biscuit south of the worst neighborhood in the world, like Compton and South Central L.A. Did you say a biscuit? Which is... How far is a biscuit? It's a biscuit south. Not very. That's the idea. <laughs> like a corn... Like a... It's a sourdough biscuit. That's how close. He eats right next to it. Yeah, about that. No <laughs> gravy, just just a biscuit. I've never heard of biscuits as units of distance, but okay. Right, so you're a couple biscuits. You were many biscuits. There's some from, movie. From nice things, right? You were not Isn't there some movie, and, things. you know, please email me if you can come up with this reference, where some guy's talking about how his father has a girlfriend who's just, like, a biscuit older than me. I want to say that it's gross point blank, but I might be wrong. But I think that's where I, that, that phrase is first uh, uttered. If you know, email us We're getting at, a little bit at off track. Right, anyway, sorry. So you're, you're yes. having some biscuits and... Right, okay. So you're Absolutely. At the casino. Okay. Yeah, we're eating biscuits and gravy. We were at the, uh, the Waffle House in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, we decided to go to Gardenia, California, where nothing is except for the Hustler Casino. Okay. And that's basically the idea. It was like, we didn't even have real directions. We were just like, you get off at the Redondo Beach exit off the 110, and then you're there. And I'm like, I hope that's enough. And lo and behold, we got off the exit. There's this dead town with, like, a bank. It was, like, basically ten checks cashed places for every bank. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. those loan sharking and stores. And a store, right. Yeah, and a, and a biscuit factory, I hope. Exactly. There's biscuits. Yeah, it was like a pre- every, ten predatory lending institutions for every bank. So you know that you know this entire economy is built on the gamblers that infuse into Gardenia, so that they can get they can cash their paychecks for horrible rates right. and be in debt to all these different places so they can go play poker. Now let me let me stop you again for a second. Now you see all this and you still want to go, right? And you still decided you're going to keep going, still. At this point. Hey baby, I'm not even driving, alright? I'm just a passenger in the Jeep at that just, point in time. I'm just like, welcome to Gardenia. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Okay. Alright. Where I've never been before. Okay. I am not a savvy LA person. Cities around LA are foreign lands to me. As described on Map Report 2, when I go through the earthquake and you're like, are you in San Flamamblo? And I'm like, that doesn't sound like here. San Cushamsho! San Abapflo! I know, I should have asked you yes, about Gardenia. that's the same thing. I don't know where any of those places are. If I had said San Biscuito, you, you could have said Gardenia! Down. I'd been like, Gardenia's in New Jersey. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's like the Gardenia state. Um, okay, so you get to, you get to the okay. place you're in Gardenia. So, lo and behold, the town of Gardenia, uh, amongst all these lone sharking institutions, like a beacon lit up in the middle of town, is the Hustler Casino. You cannot miss it. It is possibly the only building with electricity in Gardenia. <laughs> That's awesome. I would say it uses up like 80% of all of the electricity that flows through that town. Because it's like lit up like crazy red lights, signs, 
you know. So we're like, okay, well, there it is. So we're all, we're ready for anything. We're, you know, we're, we're fairly dressed up in case you need to be, like, strip club attire to get into this place, which would not have surprised me one bit if that were the case. Right. If you couldn't just be, like, a degenerate-looking gambler and walk in, which you would assume for a casino if you had to be dressy, right. I, I could have believed that, sure. You know, if, if half, if you half no wanted to start a casino, I'm sure it would be very highbrow affair. You would think so. Very, you know, well-dressed type thing. And it wouldn't be biscuits. Right. It would be like... Hustler uh, might be a step lower. It, it would be like, you know, um, the finest, uh, you know... Scones. R- scones or, or rosada bread with, gar- <laughs> you know, garlic with caviar. Right. right. Okay. It would be focaccia. None of that Or as my mom calls it, focaccia bread. Larry Flint biscuit crap. Right. Okay. All right. So we walk in, and lo and behold, it's just a stupid little regular card room. It's not even a casino. It's just a card room. It was the most anticlimactic well, thing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait I'm a like, minute. okay. And first impulse. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no. I mean, so okay. I'm I'm cl- I'm sure you're leading up to the punchline where you say, and that's when we realized that there was a back room. You didn't just stop at the front room, did you? It's oh not that big. A, it looks huge from the out. Gardenia is very small. Of course, it's they're like, not going to put it in the casino room. All you needed to do was go to the back room where the two big guys are standing and hand a biscuit to them, and they let you into the back, and that's where the thousand naked women with the casino and the, the dancing girls and the dolphins that walk on the ground and the, the flying whales and all that crap is. That's You can't just stop at the front room. What kind of a casino-goer are you? Well, I mean, your fantasy land is very exciting, but as far as I could see what? when I was actually there, <laughs> there was... Nothing of the kind. <laughs> and my two friends, who are not a po- poker players like I am, were expecting to be like, well, you can play poker, us, and we'll go and play Kino, or roulette, or slots, or anything that's not poker. But none of these things existed. Because apparently, there's some law that says that the Native Americans have dominion over all games except for poker. <laughs> and you, can, you cannot establish a casino... Unless you have Native American affiliation with games, unless it's all poker. Because, like, somehow a poker card room is different from a casino, even though the Hustler Casino is not called the Hustler Tiny Stupid Poker Room with nothing in it. It's called the Hustler Casino. Okay, I, I, again, I'm just going to throw it out there. If anyone listening right now truly believes that there was nothing else in this huge building except the stupid card room, please let us know. But if you believe that Russ was completely taken and didn't bother to look into what the real casino was, please let us know at one of us at metreport.com. Because clearly, Russ, you okay. missed and so the back room. There's a back room. There's always a back room. Clearly I did. Okay. So, but at this point, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm happy because there's poker. At least there should be hot chicks all over the place, right? Okay. It's the Hustler Casino. On graphics at the, cards. the minimum, on graphics card, even if right. they're like, even if they're overly clothed hot chicks <laughs> who may or may not be on my graphics card in my computer <laughs> right. or look similarly, <laughs> like, there should be, should be there. But no, again, again, no. Like, were there some scantily clad women? Kind of, like not any more than any other casino, but it wasn't even like a variety of women. It was more just like uh, 99% disgruntled Filipinos. (laughs) What? Why was 99% disgruntled Filipinos? 
Why would they be there? Apparently. They're the ones who couldn't go to the back room. Apparently, Larry Flint. (laughs) They don't eat biscuits. I guess. This is what he does. He does this to ward off all of the, like, fake visitors who don't want to see what this club is all about with all of, like, the heaping amounts of disgruntled Filipinos who run the whole damn show there. Apparently, Larry Flint has, like, bought off some large segment of the Filipino populace that has moved to this country and employed them all to work for him in his casino. Which is not really a casino. And, like, it was so sad. There was, like, one cute redhead waitress, and she's so new that she was the most attractive person ever to work there, and she was, like... And then, of course, Larry Flint, who's supposed to be there all the time, he apparently plays poker there and in the secret back room where they play for higher stakes, but nothing else exciting happens. And so we kept theorizing about how Larry Flint would be marketing this place to other people because, you know, it's like, you know how Larry Flint talks. He's kind of disabled since he got shot, (laughs) right? He's like, welcome to the Hustler Casino. I want to welcome you to my magnificent Shangri-La which I just built. And in the Hustler Casino, it's a wonderful place. You can gamble on any game in the known world <laughs> as long as it's No Limit Texas Hold'em Poker. <laughs> and you would not believe the girls we've got on this, in this place. There's so much variety, so so naughty and inappropriately clothed. Got and all disgruntled Filipino. We've got a redhead. We've got a Filipino. Wow, wow. And they're like, what goes through his mind? Wait, though, how did the mud- whole reason to have a hustler casino is to brand it and be like, I do hustler. Therefore, hustler casino will remind visitors of who the owner of hustler is. And but it's not. It's just like, well, we were going to call it Larry's disgruntled poker room was <laughs> tiny, but we just figured Hustler Casino was a better tag, even though it describes nothing. But wait, how did they market There's it? There's lots of handicap parking, though. Yeah, right. Lots of handicap parking. How did they market it to you, though? Like, I mean, how did you guys get there? Like, how did they, How did you know about it? You guys are not disgruntled Filipinos that I know <sighs> Who knows, of. man? My friend Payam is like, let's go to the Hustler Casino. It's supposed to be back cool. Up, back up, back so up. So I looked it up friend, and I found... Your, what's his name? Payam. Payam. Filipino? No, that would be Aww, that would be funny. That would fit. And you know what? Yes, really for the sake of the Mepcast, you're right. He is Filipino. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should never have said that he wasn't. <laughs> Seriously, no, he's not. Because he's, he absolutely is. He's Skyfree's from Alaska. I was just kidding. <laughs> he's like, I heard my hometown that you know that town of Flopley, Philippines. Well, it turns out that they all moved to Gardenia, California, and are employed at the Hustler Casino. And we got to see this. Pick up some biscuits and go there. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, So you feed them, and then they let you in. You gamble. So the the, so the long and the short of it is, you went to this lousy casino, which was not a casino, (coughs) run by disgruntled Filipinos in this one horse town, and not like, did you win anything? Did you actually play and win something in this lousy no account? Well, yeah, I mean. The the good thing, for me as a poker player, I was like plenty happy to be there, despite all of the not impressiveness of the casino, because I, you can actually play No Limit there for without, you know, without carrying $10,000 with you, which is very rare. You can play 50 or $100 buy-in No Limit, which I did, which is great, um, against, you know, fish, which is poker terminology for idiots or newbies right. who populate the no, hold'em tables. Or biscuits. 
Or biscuits. Yeah. You're just a biscuit short of a moron. <laughs> you're a biscuit short of a loop of gravy, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's a fish. You're a fish. You're a biscuit short of a moron. I see. I see. So you did that, and... So, yeah. I mean, I ended up... I won I won 20 bucks on my $100 buy-in okay. because my friends were so bored out of their minds that they sat there for an hour, like, while I was sitting there playing. That They left. They walked. They tried to walk around the neighborhood and be like, something's got to be here that we can do. And nothing was there except for, like, you know, quasi drive-by shootings that they saw, like, <laughs> developing in the neighborhood. What is a quasi-drive-by like, okay. shooting? Outside is much worse than inside. It's just like you could see people, like, who, you know, what, what gamblers can I rob who have just left the casino and beat the crap out of and hit and run and leave? That's basically what it looked like outside like, the casino. They're like, yo, man, you don't look like a disgruntled Filipino to me. You better step over and hand us all your biscuits right now, yo. Exactly. Hand over those biscuits. I got to get in there. That's the only way they let me in. <laughs> I got to get in with the biscuits. Freaking biscuit store is closed. <laughs> I'm maxed out at the cash checked, the checks cash store, which is next to the bank, which I'm not allowed to go to. Frickin' bakery doesn't open till 5 a.m. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, when were you guys there, by the way? What time? Like, was it late, early? Well, we got there like 4 p.m., and, you know, we stayed till like 5.30. It was so lame, Greg. It was such not a Friday night. By the time we were done, it wasn't even Friday night yet. We are just like, now we want to go to a bar, but we have to wait five hours before it gets interesting, <laughs> and we can't have dinner for five hours because we were expecting something to happen at the frickin' casino. That's such a sad so, story. So, yeah, so that was the I'm story of the... Uh, such a sad story. The best part, by far, was that we spent two hours making fun of Larry Flint and his horrible idea of, like, I want to build the greatest thing Gardenia has ever seen. <laughs> and what we actually surmised later on was that what he does is that whenever he has an employee who doesn't, who's not sort of up to snuff, like, that works for him in, like, Beverly Hills where he has Flint publications and all the Hustler stuff. Right. Then he punishes them by sending them to Gardenia. That's basically how it works. <laughs> He's like, well, you should cross-hatch collate those files. You didn't. It's a big stack of papers. I can't go through this. That's it. I'm sentencing you to five to seven years in Gardenia. <laughs> in three, you'll get off of good behavior in three years. Go, go to the casino. I don't care if you're disgruntled. That's the way they all are when they get there. Just just go over there. and. Yeah, you're an honorary Filipino now. You're welcome to the culture. Go to Gardenia. Deal poker. Russ, and I'm, that, you know, I'm offended that's what by happens. the way that you've characterized Filipinos. And I'd like to say Filipino is noicus, loicus, loicus. I'm Andy. Thank you. <laughs> and I have to say that Filipinos are nonviolent people, and therefore they're my favorite, and I'm Filipino in ancestry as well, because they're also from New Mexico. <laughs> so speak story, Clayton, of, of the fluid sickness. I know. Well, that's, you know... It was, uh, yeah, basically the idea is, of the Flint Empire... The Hustler Casino is the bottom rung. <laughs> that is the inch. You know how it's when you want to work for Disney World, even if you're going to be a corporate executive, yeah, it's the outer province of the empire is what it comes down. Exactly. You know how all Disney World executives have to at some point be Mickey or Goofy. Right. This is actually true. Yeah, they all have to be apparently. At some point, they have to like. Right, they have to earn their druthers by being the stupid cartoon character. Well, in the same way, you know, if you want to be a photographer for Hustler Magazine, which I'm sure has quite a few perks. You've got to deal your 17,000 hands of No Limit Hold'em in Gardenia, and that's just how it works. That's, them's the breaks. Yeah, no wonder these Sorry. people all Sorry, grow friends. up to star in movies where they kill everybody. 
It's really crazy. I'm not surprised. My yep. uh, my yep. overwhelming reaction. Filipinos are very dexterous, <laughs> fast hands. They deal well. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, <laughs> I was uh, the the thing that always surprised me when I went to because I the first casino I went to was Foxwoods here in Connecticut, which opened up shortly. It was actually, I think it was ninety, well, sometime in the early nineties when I was still in college that it opened up. And uh, so I yeah, went like, down like there. Yeah, like a real casino. Yeah, an actual casino. Well, but no, that's the scary thing, because it also was <coughs> in the middle of freaking nowhere. I mean, Foxwoods was in Ledyard, Connecticut, which is, it is no, believe me, there's not, there's never been anything in Ledyard, except for tribal lands, which America, you know, co-opted and then destroyed. This story moment brought to you by the mepreport.com but anyway um, so, um, but it was no we all agree with story on that though I mean they did do these things to the Native Americans it was awful um, so you know there's nothing there and they built this casino and we well, actually drove down the American colonists hated freedom yeah they were well they had a, mi- a mild disrespect for freedom I think was uh, was story's view um, yes so we went there oh god that was so great and my thing that I, I that, it was, that. that struck me and I mean this is probably something which doesn't surprise anybody who's ever been to a casino now but you walk into one of these casinos a, a real casino, not the Larry Flint, you know, crap casino, the, not the one of the biscuit thing, but the real casinos. And you walk in, and the whole place, I mean, so it's huge, first of all, and it's impressive. But you notice as you look around you and you're walking in, there are incredible amounts of tour buses. And again, when I first got there, I'm like, okay, I don't know why we need tour buses, but okay, you know, people are whatever. The tour buses are for these elderly people. And you walk in and you see these elderly people all sitting in front of the slot machines. I'm telling you, there were people there who had ash, like ashtrays sitting next to them with ashes up to their eyebrows. That's how long they had been there. Just one coin after the other, just dumping into this machine and just... I mean, it's... it's, it's, well, it's Greg, since the Foxwoods Casino is not allowed to be built on Indian burial grounds, we have to keep all the cremated remains nearby. So that might be deceiving to you, but we keep them in the ashtrays of the Foxwoods slot machine rooms. Can I, ask, can I ask why Larry Flint is um, is still here making comments about casinos? Larry, you can't even get your own casino working. So, As a proprietor of Hustler Casino, I feel absolute <laughs> responsibility to speak for any and all Northeast or Southwest or Middle American casinos. Well, we thank you. Uh, right. So, um, I had never actually conceived, conceived of that. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, it just there was that, and the other thing which freaked me out about it. So I, it was very depressing to see these old people putting their retirement pensions into these slot machines. The other thing that was depressing was the amount that you put into these machines. I passed this one place that where they actually had this big slot machine cordoned off, and they had people waiting in line, and they had a security guard there. I'm like, it's kind of odd, you know. Most of the slot machines are just all in one place. So I went up to the guy. I'm like, so what are these? They were thousand dollar slot machines. Each coin was a thousand dollars every coin every coin they're like thousand dollars thousand dollars i was like what what yeah thousand dollars and i'm telling you the people that i passed it's not like the people i passed were rolling in it okay nobody here was walking in this is not like some you know even an indecent proposal like you know woody harrelson and demi moore you know look as if they could conceivably be rich when they first walk into the place but no i mean these people look just like the people at the slot machines they looked burned out depressed tired except that they were paying a thousand dollars per coin instead of the typical you know 15 cents (laughs) They were just like it was like they were literally putting segments of their life into the blockchain. Oh, they were just God. like tenure, retirement, college fund, car, life, health insurance. It's just one half. Jesus, it was awful. It was well, awful. 
Is I mean, I guess you gotta get your proportional throw out of the slot machines, right? Like, if $5 isn't doing it for you, and $100 isn't doing it for you, I was like, look, I'm just not making enough of a dent in my 401k if I put in $100 at a time. I just cannot get rid of money fast enough unless we go to the $1,000 slots, and then I'll really feel like I'm alive again while I sit there and look depressed and broken. Exactly. I need a bigger... Ri- like, I, I kept... I really... I kept waiting for somebody to just stand up and be like, why? Why? And then, like, knock over the ashes of the dead Native American next to them and like go zoom running out of the casino like I mean because these people <laughs> these people are all these people are all several cents short of a full dollar anyway okay at the point that they're paying this much money like I've been to a couple of casinos where you know I go in and I like I think for my life I'm up like 50 bucks in my entire gambling career which consists of like two visits to casinos and like a little bit of online poker with you guys and that's pretty much it everything else was based exclusively on just you know, watch and and I and that was that was it. You know, I go and I win the money or I lose the money or whatever, and that's that. Meanwhile, these guys are like these guys are all sitting around and just like dry. I mean, it was ridiculous. I couldn't a thousand a thousand dollars per coin, every coin a thousand bucks. That's a lot. Yeah. But Greg, can you conceive of a better money making idea than a slot machine? It's like okay, here we go. Here's what what this is. Ladies and gentlemen, here's this box, okay? Now you put money in, and then you pull on this thing, and then you put money in again, okay? Now sometimes money will come out, but most of the time you just put money in and you pull this thing. And then some, you know, thing will entertain you for seven to nine seconds, and then you put money in again. That is the most, that you could convince people that this is a fun activity is the most amazing marketing scheme I've ever heard of in my life. You know, I'm like the unofficial marketing director for the MEP report. And if I was that smart, people would be freaking eating MEP report for breakfast. To be like, well, I just put money in this, and I pull on the thing, and then I do it again. Oh, great. Well, that sounds great. Is there any reason you think that it bears some striking resemblance to those science experiments where the rat, you know, pushes the bar and gets a little bit of cheese? You don't pull the slot, you get money. Hey, every so I sometimes I get money when I pull the ball. I mean, you know, all you need is a little maze to get you to the slot machine, and you would basically have B.F. Skinner, you know, cackling as he looks from a you know way above the casino. I mean, it's, it's basically a big behavior um, experiment, Greg, you know. Yes, I think you've just had one of the most brilliant ideas ever broadcast on the Map Report. Ooh, well, what here's it? what we do. Remind me of it. I don't. Okay. <laughs> We it, all right. Well, here's it. Here's what it is. Because I caught it. If you didn't, <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> we we set up. I don't know what it's called. A store, a lounge, some kind of entertainment venue. How about a hustler casino? We call it something stupid hustler like casino. the Fun Hut. Sure, we call it the Hustler Casino, <laughs> but really we call it the the Fun Hut. Okay. And then what people do is they go in, they sit in a chair, and they have electrodes hooked up to the pleasure center of their brain. Okay. No, they have their skin peeled back, all the works. We do that. We have, you know, it's sterilized or whatever. It's safe. <laughs> then they pull on a sure. lever okay. that stimulates the pleasure gland inside their brain, just like that experiment with rats. And they have to pay, like, ten bucks to do this. They just put the money in the thing, they pull down the lever, and then they go, ah. And then they just do it again and again and again and again. That is the best money-making idea I've ever heard in my life. Okay. That's brilliant. I'm, and it's all you. Uh, it's going to be all Greg Wilson's fun I, hut. I, I'm fairly certain that what I said had nothing whatsoever to do with directly stimulating the pleasure center of the brain. And I'm sure it had nothing to do with peeling skin back or being having sterilized electrodes into the brain. I'm fairly sure about that. You're so modest. Why are you so <laughs> modest? Just take credit. It's genius.
Please rewind the podcast, and you will hear that I am not advocating this. For the record, we yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, what can I say? It is the best idea of all. It is. It is funny if you ever walk through. And we've lost Greg. Oh, I'm sorry. Greg has gone kaput. I'm back. Am I back? Am I there? Oh. Hear me? Okay, good. Sorry. That's my damn headset. I was checking. Yeah, you're here. I'm I was better. checking all my connections and stuff. I was like, I've, I've blown his mind. <laughs> Greg, his, he's going and taking out a down payment almost, almost. and getting the land set up as we speak. One of the things he's like, I all I need are a few Native American friends, and I can even add some slot machines next to the pleasure pull levers. Where is the disgruntled Filipino, uh, you know, labor base? I should be able to find them. Where's this transit strike after all? There must be some people around that exactly. are disgruntled, and there might be Filipinos. We'll undercut the Hustler Casino, and we'll get all the Filipinos to work for me. Um, and we'll call them Filipinos for no particular reason. <laughs> Just to piss them off. We're going to call you vaguely pepperish, okay? You're part pepperish and part... Yeah, whatever. Pinot Grigio, <laughs> Philip K. Dickin, whatever. Just work. You're working for me now. You have no name. <laughs> well, he's okay most of the time, but every so often he starts calling us by an obscure science fiction writer's name, and that's kind of disturbing. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, I don't remember what... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So, I, one of the things that struck me was these big money-making ideas. Have you ever done this thing where you've walked through a mall? Have you ever passed one of the water massage booths at a mall? Have you seen these things? I don't think that was a mall. I think that that was actually a women's brothel. <laughs> yes, no, no, this had nothing to do with the time that I was in the... Which never happened, and I was never there, and it never existed. Um, no, it was... There was... <laughs> There was a, uh, or, or else it's a, it's called a bidet, and I think they've been around yeah, for a little yeah, while. Sure. No, no, there are these booths that you walk along, and you know they have them in the mid. They have like these kiosks in like mall hallways, and they have this in a couple of malls out east. They have these places where there are these things where you can actually get into them, and you face downwards, and then they place this cover over you, and it gives you this like water, this deep tissue massage through you know water, basically. But the thing is that the way the thing is built is that it basically feels as if you're getting into, like, this time capsule, and then they close the thing over you. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not claustrophobic per se, but I would think that this would disturb me a little bit because I know, having worked there myself, the average mindset of the person working in a mall. And it basically goes something like this. I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here. When are my friends coming so I can go to a party? I don't want to be here, I don't want to... Oh, here's a customer, bothersome customer, bothersome customer. Yeah, do what you want, do what you want, do what you want. Now, that's fine so long as you're working in a retail environment <laughs> where the worst you can do is, like, not give them their change or give them lousy customer service. But if they go into one of these water massage things and all of a sudden you're like, want to be with friends, want to be with friends, wander off, oh my god... All of a sudden you realize that you've set the water massage to death by water or something like that, and the person is dying in this booth, and you have no way of getting to Like, this is not something I can see. You've set it to torpedo. He's, I've set it to destroy. Like, I'm I'm not going there. I'm just not. That is a money-making proposition. That so are these, gonna work. are these sensory deprivation chambers because they're closing you in as well as massage things? No, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe they play, like, pleasant music while they, you know, beat you to death with streams of water. But, I mean, the thing is that there's plastic that fits over you so you don't get wet at all. It just beats the living crap out of you with this water. So you better hope that your worker, who's only getting paid, you know, $5 an hour to be doing this and is thinking about how he could move over to, Wait. you know, the Gap for better money. So they, they like, they make you put on a, 
a body condom no. and then you get in this no, thing no, no, and no, they no, close no, the no, lid and no, no 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 the water the water it's, it's two halves okay and the fir- the top half there's a there's a plastic shield that's on the bottom half and of the then so Moses <laughs> split the yeah. water into two halves and said this half is the massage half this half of her body condoms only <laughs> Go and be prosperous. And it closes over you, and then they just turn on this thing, and that's that. So, yeah. And it always struck me as being something weird. And there's never anybody in them, which I think confirms my view that it's a little bit off the beaten path. This and Dipping Dots, the ice cream of the 21st century, are two things which are not going to take off. I don't care how many malls they're in. They're just not going to happen. Oh, that's where you stick your ice cream in the toxic waste that solidifies over your ice cream cone and makes it into like a solid shell and dries right. and then you're like now I have to eat this toxic waste to get to my ice cream that's right ice cream of the 21st century you gotta work for it yeah those are my favorite I love those yeah. <laughs> those work with many of the great uh, like great PCBs on a stick the many of the great mall kiosk ideas of all time you know the, along with the cell phone kiosks water massage kiosks and the dipping dones dipping dots on a stick kiosk those are those are great in fact we couldn't we hey, have i love dipping dones that's that's one of the four foods that i eat other than french fries and water and guess who i'm being right now <laughs> and, and cheese quesadillas it was gr- oh thank you i couldn't come up with the third food that story eats i was like french fries coffee and I, I give up. Latinate, what else does he eat? The Latinate for it <laughs> is, Latinate for it is uh, Thank you. And it's legal to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Some of us are omnivores. Story is a non-nivore. He does not eat food. See what happens? You miss a MEP report, we can make fun of you, bitches. <laughs> and now you're bitches just because I asserted it. And there's nothing you can do. All the power in the world. Although you realize, Russ, that if there's ever a podcast that you end up missing where it's the three of us... Uh, then you're in trouble. Yes. I'll see you on that day in hell, my friend. <laughs> he is there for the duration. You know what else this... Po- Cold day in hell. You know what else this podcast represents, by the way? This is two things. First of all... What is that? Depending on how you count it. If you count our Evolution podcast as separate, this is actually our 10th MEP report. So that's kind of a anniversary type thing. Ooh. Yeah, our 10th one. And um, it's also the podcast before Christmas. So we should really wish everyone a, you know, Merry Christmas and a many happy returns of the day. A happy Hanukkah to everyone, of course, and a happy Kwanzaa. And is there any holiday that I've missed that I shouldn't be missing? What other holidays have recently been made up? Yeah, my atheist friend uh, who works with me, his name is Zach, um, he's the one who, when you sneezes, he asserts there is no God. <laughs> he wants to wish everyone a happy, screw you, stupid, materialist crap day, or some some such thing, where it's just like, I hate you and you're celebrating this, and stop it. Okay. So I want to wish happy to people who are celebrating that particular holiday, very festive, one of those. Okay, so if you're celebrating it, screw you, super materialist day, okay. We've got a happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, yeah. happy Hanukkah, um, is there some... The Zoroastrians have one that I don't know about. Happy Zoroastrian Day. Uh, happy Philiophilia Day. Happy Feasel Day. That's when the Feasels come out. Actually, that's not until spring, okay. the Feasel Day. Okay. Uh, and I think that's it. Okay. Well, good, because we want to make sure that we wish people uh, wish people that as well, because this is a holiday edition of the um, 
of the podcast. Um, and actually, sure. Believe it or not, sure. Russ, it's not only the holiday. Happy equinox, huh? Huh? Equinox? Yeah, yeah. Happy Wicca, crappy equinoxy holiday to people who care about Earth cycles and such. That is tomorrow. I, I hope I said that with proper reverence and respect for whatever say, you believe in. I was about to come up with this very nice, serious thing, wishing peace towards all, and then you're like, and if you're a crappy Wiccan, we don't care about you, you damn witches. That's right, I said it. <laughs> what you got? You got nothing, witches. Oh, no. I've just alienated all of the Wiccan podcast listeners. Damn. We're never going to win on podcastwicca.com. Um, we're out of that running. Oh crap! But um, in in all seriousness, oh divisive. In all seriousness, because it is uh, it is believe it or not, the end of a podcast because uh, we have actually gone for. Hey, we made it. We made it. We've well done, sir. We made it. Good job to us. Congratulations, Russ. We do want to wish everyone out there. First of all, we want to wish Story and uh, Andy well, and we will see them next week. We will have a podcast next week, our New Year's edition, as it were. But we want to wish everyone out there a wonderful holiday and a peaceful season. This has been a heck of a year. Happy. And we hope it'll be a peaceful one for all of you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. And happy crappy materialist day. And that too. um, Happy equinox thingy. God bless us, everyone. And even the Filipinos who are describing. I just want to say happy handicapped cripple parking day. And come to Hustler Casino, otherwise known as the tiny, stupid G rated (laughs) poker room. Okay. Happy Christmas, happy Christmas, kiss dot legalis dot com, kiss. Thank you, Thank you Andy. Uh, uh, happy, happy true, happy Constitution Day. <laughs> Larry Flint dot com, hustler dot com. And is the best. Oh, we'd also like to congratulate one more time, not just as a map clade, but in person. I want to congratulate you, Greg, on your landing a job for CurtainUp.com as a reviewer. If you are listening to the Map Report, please check out Greg's reviews at CurtainUp.com. And if you are on CurtainUp.com right now and you can hear my voice through some strange transcendental property, please come visit the MapReport.com, <laughs> and uh, that will work that way, too. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Have a great okay. holiday, everyone, and to you as well, of course, Russ. And uh, until next time, we'll see you guys next week. Season's greetings. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I, I hate freedom. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, Kiss. Goodbye, Kiss. <laughs> Goodbye, Kiss. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And you won't just be gone. And so this is Christmas. So oh.